The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, September 14th, 2023, season 19, episode number 31. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got the full crew back with us today. And uh, today we will be talking about the New York Jet offense versus the Cowboys defense. Throughout the course of the show, we hope to get some uh, questions in here. We haven't had questions from fans in a while, so you guys can hit us up on our text line, 817-290-3298 is the number. You can also call us if you want to talk to us, 888-855-2297. We'll get some phone calls throughout the show, hopefully, and uh, and hopefully hear from you guys uh, about this upcoming matchup, Cowboys versus Jets. Let's jump in, and let's start with an injury update. Yesterday on the injury report, Brandon Cooks pops up, uh, something I don't know that I was expecting. I don't know how many were expecting that, but uh, tell us what's going on with Brandon Cooks and the other guys who have already been on the injury report over the last week. Uh, Definitely was unexpected uh, when it comes to Brandon Cooks. Uh, No injury reported from him on Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. Pops up on the injury report on Wednesday with what's described as a knee injury. Um, Broaddus did some research as well. He noticed that it was knee soreness. Knee soreness is what they're calling it, yeah. Uh, I talked to Brandon in the locker room on yesterday, and he said, quote-unquote, I feel good. Um, He did defer to Mike McCarthy as far as injury prognosis and availability, which just makes sense because, you know, there might be some gamesmanship in in any of that nature um but he says he feels good cowboys are going to keep him in the rehab group today because if if it is knee soreness obviously you want to rest that uh tyler smith uh he did he had a workout on yesterday mike mccarthy was impressed with that he also said that tyler smith is pushing to play so that gives me indication that if this were you know a playoff berth or playoff season or something like that tyler could play cowboys are just being cautious because it's a long season he'll be with the rehab group today as well donovan wilson had a workout yesterday what mike mccarthy called quote-unquote a big Big workout. Uh, he said Dono did more yesterday than I expected. And that means Donovan Wilson might actually get some burn in practice today, uh, which goes with what Mike said yesterday as far as Dono being slightly ahead of Tyler in his recovery. So I expect to see Dono, you know, maybe limited in practice today, but that's definitely an upgrade over what he's been to this point. So looks like Donovan Wilson definitely has a, a good shot at playing against the Jets. Tyler Smith, um, we're still feeling that out. Brandon Cooks, if it's just knee soreness, as as indicated, then you rest it and he should be a go, but we'll see how the week rolls out. When you talk about that knee, um, Brian, from what you were hearing, is it Soreness that came from something that happened in the game, in or the is game. it just where? Yeah, it's in the game. In the game. Okay. Okay. So it was something. Yeah, he got hit. He got banged. He got banged up okay. a little bit in the game. Yeah. Yeah. With no. older players, you just kind of worry. Like, is it just soreness well, just because of use? Oh no, that no, no, can, no. That he, can be something McCarthy that McCarthy said you, on yesterday yeah. that it did happen in the game. Okay. Um, uh-huh. But the the good news is is that he was able to finish the game, so yeah. he didn't miss any snaps due to the injury. So that's a, a good sign as far as where he is with that knee. When he has problems, it's the soft tissue injury stuff. That's what that's something guys, yeah. that's something that's been with him throughout his his career. Okay, talking about did you mention Jordan Lewis there? 
Jordan Lewis. Okay, so Jordan Lewis was a healthy scratch yeah. on um, last week, which was a bit of a surprise given, you know, my conversation with Jordan and Mike McCarthy's press conferences talking about how Jordan was ahead of the curve. Uh, I spoke with Jordan Lewis on yesterday just to confirm that it was indeed a healthy scratch, and he said it absolutely was. And it was exactly what I uh, kind of speculated on, on Twitter when I said maybe the Cowboys want to see him in practice for another week. That's basically exactly what Jordan told me in the locker room yesterday. He said the, the coaches came to him and said, you know what, you're ready, but we want to see you in practice ramp up a little bit more this week. So the strong expectation is that Jordan is that Jordan Lewis will be on the field. Got to double check what you say from now on. <laughs> I'm telling you what I'm told. I'm telling you what I'm told. So Jordan Lewis, it, based on what he's telling me, he's 100% confident that he'll be on the field against the Jets. Obviously, it's coach's decision. But if you take what Mike McCarthy just said this morning about Jordan Lewis, it's it seems to be they're in lockstep right now. So that, But, you know, it's right. what's – you know, it's. I mean, I love what you guys are saying here. You can only dress forty eight of these right. cats. I was just about to say that. You know, and all of a sudden now it's it, uh, and maybe there is a little bit of a sense of urgency from guys like Donovan Wilson and others when you start to see the success the defense has with backup players in yep. there. And if you're a coach, you have to be very mindful of. Okay, do I want to take Marquise Bell out of this lineup right now? Do I want to take Wanye Thomas out of this lineup right now? And, you know, that's where we got into a little bit about uh, with Deuce Vaughn. And how many plays is Deuce mm-hmm. Vaughn giving you a game to be able to carry that extra running back there? You know, do you need a defensive player? And it, nothing against Deuce Vaughn, but there are going to be some healthy scratches along the way. But it'll be interesting to see. You know, with Dan Quinn and, and the guys that he fights for, the guys that Bones Fossil fights for, but you can only dress so many of these guys. And then when they start coming back in the lineup, uh, then all of a sudden you're looking at a situation where some other guys are not going to be able to dress. And uh, I, I, I think it's it sounds real simple to say, you know, pull them in, you know, plug them in, pull them out kind of a thing, but it really doesn't work all that that easily, especially when you have guys that are playing pretty well. I even wonder what's the role for a guy like Jordan Lewis, particularly on a week like this where my suspicion is that the Jets will go into this game thinking we want to run. Mm-hmm. We want to run yeah. a lot. And it makes me wonder if Dallas is going to be in a situation where defensively they want to go heavy more. Uh, and maybe they want to have an extra defensive lineman, an extra linebacker, right. an extra safety, more so than having that third cornerback on the field uh, because of the running game that the Jets pose uh, other problems that, that 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 running game can pose. It makes me wonder, like, what would be his role this week as a fourth cornerback, presumably in this uh, in this rotation right now. Where my mind goes with that is an excellent point that brought us brought up last week when it came to Jordan Lewis is the the package against the Saints where it was Jordan Lewis spying Alvin Kamara. So when you look at the the skill set of a guy like Brees Hall who can be explosive out of the backfield, Dalvin Cook who can be an explosive receiver out of the backfield as well, uh, Jordan Lewis has shown that he can you know spy those guys effectively. So maybe that's a potential role for him in a game like this yeah and, and I was gonna say like this kind of has been his story in his career where something else happens and he's kind of left out in a way but yet he finds a way finds to a way. be back in the group so I think at the end of the day I mean the coaches know Dan Quinn has kept him here for a reason he knows the talent that he has he will be used yeah. this season and I trust the decision that they make in whatever time or week they decide to go ahead and plug him in because you can't have too many of those guys. And you were talking about who are you going to address, who are you going to sit. Right. I mean, it, it 
does sound simple, but it is a problem to a, a good a problem. problem to no, no, have, a great problem, problem yeah. to have. So, yeah. and it's one of those scenarios that we haven't had, haven't always had that uh, in different past right. previous years, where we're sitting here like, man, you're sitting out a really talented player. Who else are you going to play in? You have so many weapons, so it's something I think super it, exciting. I think it goes to the credit to the to the defensive coaches and the way that they. I've always felt like that if you give these defensive coaches players, they will figure out how to play eight to ten plays with a guy. Mm -hmm. They'll figure out like, okay, this guy can come in and help us here. You know, where as you mentioned in the past, maybe it was a little bit more focused on, okay, these are, you know, these are 13, 14 guys that we're gonna play and everybody else. But what you do is you learn that guys like Marquise Bell and others, and Wanye Thomas and those guys can play because they play three preseason games. And then you watch them in practice, and then all of a sudden that carries over to the game. So, you, 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 But th these defensive coaches do a heck of a job mm -hmm. of getting guys involved, and then it makes you like to say, well, how do you, how do you take that guy off? I mean, yeah. seriously, you know, Bell is a guy on the field making tackles, big-body guy. To Derek's point, we'll get into the, the Jets and what they're probably going to try and do to you uh, come Sunday. But you give me as many big body guys on the field that I, that I can handle. If teams are going to try and spread you out and play a lot of wide receivers, then this is where all of a sudden Jordan Lewis finds a role back into the game. Right. And I think that's the interesting part here is I think every week Mix and match. Going, on the defense, yeah. there are going to be some talented guys who are going to be inactive. Yeah. Every single week. Every because week. they've got so much talent on this defense that it's going to be a matter of, and it probably will give you a little indication as to what they're thinking schematically on what they think the other team is going to try to do to them and where they think they want to be heavier and, or, or lighter, depending on what who they're playing. And the cool thing that, the, that I really appreciate about this coaching staff is that they've shown not to glue themselves to a player, not to get too attached. They're not afraid to switch someone out, sit someone out, uh, the only exception that really comes to mind, I would say Kelvin Joseph, but they they had to. They didn't really have other <laughs> options. But then Terrence Steele, that was that's the only other case that comes to mind to where they stuck with him and they were right. Turns right, out to be right, yeah. that they were right. So it's something that again, back in like Jason Garrett's era, when I first started working here, I never saw that. They would stick to one guy and just Ride the well, whole season with that person. This coaching staff just gives guys opportunities. It was always that next man up thing. It yeah. was like when we need you, be ready kind of mm -hmm. a thing. Instead of using everybody on your bench, you know that that administration was more locked into. Okay, these are uh, these are these our guys. These are twenty two guys, yeah. and player twenty three on does not really matter here. I, I think when it comes to um, how you're going to figure out that forty eight, I think uh, it, it might be a situation where Noah Igbenogany, who had a an explosive debut for the Cowboys with that special teams yeah. touchdown, and I had a great conversation with him, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you go to DallasCowboys.com and check that out. Uh, this might be a situation where he finds himself inactive to bring. Jordan Lewis in yeah. then because you want right. to if Donald is in fact going to play you still have to have that depth just in case right yep. so Marquise Bell, Wanye Thomas those are also going to be special teams guys who knock on wood if they have to come in defensively they can come in and, and be available but I think this could be a situation where when you're trying to figure out numbers game uh, Igbenogany although the explosive game uh, in week one and it would not be a knock to his talent if he were inactive in week two it would just simply be trying to figure out the scheme for this particular week and who needs to sit who needs to play based upon the personnel that the other team is presenting. They already dress for specialists, yeah. if you count C.J. Goodwin, because yeah. he really doesn't play any defensive snaps for you. 
So now you're, you know, that's an extra guy that you have to account for because right. he's really is a, a specialist in that way. So right. it's a, it's, it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of board gymnastics to try and figure out, but a, a lot of it has to do with what you're, what you're facing scheme wise. Yep. All right. We're going to take our first break. We will come back and jump into Jets offense versus Cowboys defense. Brian has the breakdown. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this adidas to the break okay let's see hey rally days presented by seat geek it gives fans uh, nfl fans an experience of a lifetime the day prior to the dallas cowboys home games on september 16th enjoy activities at miller lighthouse get a behind the scenes tour of at&t stadium and more visit at&t stadium.com slash rally days for more information and to get your tickets today. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Brian, let's dive in. Jets offense versus Cowboys defense. Go. Okay, let me finish this text real quick. And uh, got that done. All right, here we go. Uh, yeah, with the, with the Jets, this is where when you start to watch the tape, I don't know if the plan versus the Bills was to play with 12 and 13 personnel in this game that the time that Aaron Rodgers was in there. But as the game wore on, that's what they did when Zach Wilson came into the game. Mm-hmm. So it, it was initially, you know, it's only four plays. You're, you really kind of didn't really figure things out for what they were going to do with Rodgers, what the plan was going to be. 
But when when Zach Wilson came in the game, you saw more tight ends in the game. 12, 13 personnel, two tight ends, three tight ends. Uh, they're going to load up on the edges with multiple blockers. They appear to uh, they run the ball better when they get in these personnel groups, that 12 and 13 personnel group. They'll use this in a form to help also with pass protection. So they'll keep guys in. I think this is a game where you're going to see them trying to deal the Cowboys in with spacing more than just maybe some one-on-one blocking. When you put tight ends in there, if you put a tight end in a wing, what does that do? It takes a man and removes him two, two gaps. So sometimes you can create spacing to help your blockers not have to deal with a pass rush that's going to come off the edge. But look for them to try and help them use that to help them also in that running game. Uh, Zach Wilson, I mentioned, he's going to be your starter. This is his third season. He still doesn't look super comfortable as a player. You could really see some hit and miss in him in his game. Accuracy will come and go. Receivers will bail him out at times. I feel there are plays where he's just made up his mind where he's going to go with the football. And pre-snap, he's just like, okay, I'm just going to throw it here and then hope for the best. Uh, I don't think he's a really a natural player for the position right now. Uh, you know, there's kind of some th- uh, throw the ball and hope for the best. Uh, I'm not sure there's some real progression as far as reading uh, what you're going to do defensively to him or he could see that. So maybe with Dan Quinn, do you try and fool him a little bit with some alignment and then rotate some ways and he has a tendency not to see everybody on the field so it might be a way to kind of take advantage of him the offensive line in my opinion is a better run blocking unit than they are a pass blocking unit at this point they'll pull they'll trap to get blocks crack toss uh, where you you take the wide receiver inside you pull guys to the edge is a good play for them they double team at the point of attack but they'll struggle at times to get second level blocks when uh center Connor McGovern had a, a real trouble getting to the second level and when he didn't do that the play resulted into a tackle for loss there twist stunts by the Bills were a problem for them especially on the left side of their offensive line that's Lakeland Lakin Tomlinson and Dwayne Brown. They didn't pass the stunts well enough, resulted in some pressures over on that side. Cowboys like to move the front, like to kind of uh, try and and, and mess with your blocking schemes a little bit, mess with you with the way that they rush their guys. Uh, When rushing uh, Makai Becton, the the tackle, you just need to keep pushing the edge on him. He's not – when rushers stop with him – he then has a chance to recover. You just need to keep pushing on him, pushing on him, pushing on him, and it'll put him in a poor uh, uh, blocking spot there. Vera Tucker, the guard, he'll struggle with power, so you can knock him back as well. So they've got some issues with their offensive line. Like I said, I think they're a little bit better run-blocking group than they are a passing group. Uh, Running backs, uh, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, will be a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both have shown the ability to make the first man miss in order to create space. I've seen tackles just tacklers bounce off them and attempt to wrap them up. They're powerful running styles. Hall is outstanding reading the blocks and then allowing them to develop and then getting through the hole. That's something that, you know, he when he sees that, he, all of a sudden you see it kind of develop and then he finds it and then he goes and he's a hard guy to kind of bring down in that in that there's just no hesitation in his game. Both backs will play in the backfield at the same time. They'll set up plays off that. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is not afraid to run screens with either one of these guys. That goes to your point about 
maybe with Jordan Lewis being in this game. But he'll put him in the backfield. He'll run one one way, throw the screen back, or he'll throw a screen or a swing to the other one. But he's trying to do some things to create some issues with him with formations. Both catch the ball well. Both can make plays on the ball with the, with it in their hands. At wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, he's got the potential to be one of the best receivers in the league. He became a full-time starter like in week 13 of his rookie season. He's become their like their go-to guy. Uh, he's had five receptions, one touchdown, three first downs of his five receptions were first down. His body control, his balance is impressive. He's a dynamic playmaker in every sense of the word. Uh, you can play him inside. You can play him outside. Uh, he's uh, he gets and you get productive plays for him as you're going along there. There's a real looseness to his game and the way he moves. You know, when you watch him, there's not any tightness to him. He's one of those guys that's he kind of flows and you know when he's running routes and you have to be careful where he'll he'll send you one way with a, like a little little move and then get back the other way and create that separation. So when you feel like you got him covered. Uh, he finds ways to come up with the ball. So yeah, I think he would have really, really benefited from Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. I think Rodgers would have just, they would have had a great combination together, but uh, that's not the case anymore. The next guy you kind of need to worry about is Alan Lazar. We all know Alan Lazar from the days of when he was with the Packers. Mm-hmm. He's got this sizable catch radius due to his length. So he's one of these real long guys. and He's always kind of making plays, but He's, uh, he can win 50-50 balls. And two of his four receptions resulted in first downs against the Bills as well. So those are the guys that you kind of need to worry about when you focus in on what the Jets are trying to do. I think their quarterback can be fooled in some things. Maybe some coverage things could kind of make him feel like he's got the right read. But then you do something different, and it causes him to turn over the ball. So I think that's a good thing that he's playing in the game and not Aaron Rodgers, to be honest with you. 100%. And uh, in this morning's drop of the Science Lab, week two, I, I focused in on um, Zach Wilson. And I talked about it you know, briefly in the lab coat this past Tuesday and how he performs poorly under duress. One out of every four of his throws are bad throws when you pressure him. Uh, 40% of the playbook uh, in Zach Wilson's career has been play action. That goes to what Brian is saying. You have to eliminate uh, and at least try to contain Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. Uh, when it comes to that offensive line, we talk about Brandon Cooks dealing with you know a little bit of an injury. Cowboys dealing with some injuries as well. Dwayne Brown, Makai Becton both popped up on the Jets injury report yesterday uh, with a shoulder and a knee injury yeah. respectively. So those guys aren't healthy either and those guys being less than 100% already being um already struggling against the pass rush for a Buffalo Bills team, and then now you're going up against a much better pass rush in the Cowboys. Name of the game is to stop the run, uh, beat up on that, beat up on those guys in the trenches, and really make Zach Wilson, turn him into Sam Darnold a la 2019 against the Patriots. Have him out there seeing ghosts, because he yeah. is a young guy going against a veteran defensive coordinator, going against veteran uh, impact guys on defense. You can have him out there seeing apparitions, thinking, okay, well, this is the read, this is the coverage. And because he does not progress well, he doesn't go through his progressions well. That's why he is so poor under duress, because he's already a guy who doesn't read his second and third check down well. So if you force him into those, you're going to force him to give that ball away and then come to takeaway game. So let's talk about uh, let's dive into this a little bit. I want to talk specifically about those running backs for a second. Yeah. Reese mm-hmm. Hall, uh, he 
last week he was the better of the two. Yeah. He had 10 carries, 127 yards. Yeah, yeah. He had a long Dalvin run. Co- one yeah, of them yeah, was a very, very long yeah, run. Plus. Yeah. Dalvin Cook had 13 carries for, for 33 yards. Not as yeah. much production, but they gave him a little bit yeah. more. Do you think that part of the, the the split there is about the fact that they're easing Brees Hall back from the season-ending injury a year ago, um, as opposed to this week where maybe they ramp him up a little bit more? Because Brees Hall really scares me because yeah. not only is he a good running back, he has that speed that he can go. He can go the distance on any particular play. Do you think he'll get more opportunities this week against the Cowboys than maybe they gave him last week? I feel like that they're going to continue to play with both backs. I feel like that they, they, the numbers, what I saw with with the way that they ran the football and with Dalvin Cook, they, Dalvin Cook is, and we remember Dalvin Cook last year in the game in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It was an absolute disaster for yeah. the Vikings offense. But Dalvin Cook, I think, averaged almost seven yards a carry last mm-hmm. last time against the Cowboys run. And, and, and Dalvin Cook scares me because there's that physical side. He, he's one of those guys that they, you hand in the ball, he hits you. He hits you again. He seems to kind of get better as that goes on. So I don't, I don't see the uh, with the the situation with Hall as good as Hall was last year until he hurt his knee. I just feel like that they're committed to playing two guys because they could throw the ball to either. And and this is the thing that that. It, this is going to help Zach Wilson, in my opinion, the fact of just saying, okay, let's split the load between – because they're, they're going to have to run the football in this game. Mm-hmm. I just don't see like it in this saying, that, okay, we're going to load up with Brees Hall here. I think it's going to be like Brees – you know, maybe it's two, three plays, and then it's Dalvin Cook, two, three plays. And then it's back to – you know, I think they're going to try and just keep the snap count that way because – if they if they they're gonna if they go into the season now with Zach Wilson and it is gonna be his his team the whole way, they're gonna just completely destroy Brees Hall by week seven if they just you know. So I think the carries are still gonna the balance even when the Giants or excuse me, the Jets leave here, I think you'll see the carries balance because they you just don't wanna wear out Brees Hall, uh, you know, to the point where he's not any good in Week Ten or Week Eleven for you. As yeah, well. they they didn't sign Dalvin Cook to uh, not utilize Dalvin Cook, and uh, obviously that would have been the free agency conversation. Dalvin Cook wants to play, and the conversation would have been we're going to play. It's going to be more of a two back system, which for the most part you've seen the NFL kind of going to nowadays more than that true bell cow uh, back. I mean, you know, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard for the past few seasons has been that for the Cowboys. So I think that's what to Brian's point. I think that's what the Jets are looking to build over the course of the season so I think it'll be a, a pretty even split for the most part uh, Brees Hall was more explosive in the touches he got uh, last week Dalvin Cook got I think 10 plus more reps um, but you'll still see it hover around that 50-50 mark as far as rep yeah. count is concerned when you go back to last week's game against the Giants what did you guys specifically see uh, in the running game in that first series uh, that the Giants had when they had so much success on the ground. What did you see in that drive that that maybe they were having success with that maybe Dallas is going to have to figure out how to shore up? Yeah, if you go back and really watch like guys like Clark and others were having problems, they were catching blocks. You know, and the, and, and, the, and the Giants did a really good job of coming off the ball and getting into them. And then, you know, Dallas not playing off those blocks. So you got guys. So the linebackers, you yeah, thought that the was line, the Yeah, I, I thought there was a couple times with Clark. Well, Clark overran one that ended up being a big. But the quarterback runs hurt them mm-hmm. more. 
with with when you looked at what Saquon Barkley was, it was a five yard carry, yeah. five you know that kind of the quarterback runs were the ones to me that were pretty alarming. Mm-hmm. But when you looked at when you looked at what with Barkley when he <laughs> carried the ball, to me that was when Dallas really struggled of not the disengage when Dallas is bad against the run, their guys get get caught and then turned. Mm-hmm. And now it creates these gaps. And then you get when they when and then all of a sudden linemen are up on second level. And that's the problem we were talking about with the Jets a little bit here. You know, their center wasn't as good. But when they got when they with their combinations the way they blocked, they were able to get some hats on hats and then you know, create space. And that's what the Giants were able to do in, in, in that early in that game is the da- the double team blocks and then getting somebody to the second level and then being able to attack where they block. There was there was a couple of times there where I felt like the Giants could have really gashed the Cowboys pretty well. There was a tackle. I've got one of the safeties uh, for, who came up and tackled Barkley on a play that could have been just huge. I think but that was Wanye. Wanye? I think it was Wanye. Might have been Wanye. I, I thought it was Wanye. I, I, I wasn't sure if it was him or Kirsch. But it, I just remember it just hitting so fast. And then having to get over there and make the tackle, but uh, when Dallas is bad, they catch blocks. They've got they can't they can't just go toe to toe. They they they're kind of built to play more on the move, with the exception of your two inside guys. Right. You know, people think people think that if you just put Mozzie and Hankins in there together, that it's going to it cures running game stuff. It really doesn't always work that way. What do teams do when they play against Vita Vea and others? They run the ball to the outside. The they run the edge. Nobody. I mean, you, you don't be stupid enough to sit there and run. Think to you're going to run. Wall. Yeah. I mean, if your center can't hold up against Hankins, or your center can't hold up against Mozzie Smith because, or your guards can't hold up, you're not going to run the ball inside. I mean, having those big body guys inside, great. But what do teams do? Teams become creative with the way they run the ball. It's more, especially with the Jets, it's down block, down block, loop guys around, trap guys. You know, if you get spacing in there, you know, guy gets upfield, you trap him, ball goes behind him. You know, people, this isn't like 1958 anymore where you just hand the ball inside and just run. Mm -hmm. So having Mozzie and, and Hankins in there at the same time, yeah, good. But it also it's about it's also about having Tank play well. It's about Vanderesh playing well. It's about Clark playing well. Mm-hmm. It's about one of those safeties stepping up and playing well. You can't you can't let guys block you if you want to be good in the running game. And that's when the Cowboys are bad at it. They they don't get off blocks well enough. I, right. I feel like that the New York Jets are going to look at that film against uh, that the Cowboys did against the New York Giants. And some of those scripted plays they're probably going to borrow as far as quarterback mobility because you look at the runs that Jones was uh, kind of rattling off against the Cowboys. Those were very decisive runs. Those weren't checkdowns and takeoff. That was called. Those were called plays. And then you go against a guy like Zach Wilson, who is just not good in the passing game, particularly under duress. But when he takes off and runs, he yeah. averages nine yards a game. So I think the uh, the Jets are going to test the Cowboys and try to put them on their heels with that first, mixing in a healthy dose of Brees and Cooks and Cook, I should say. Um, but if you can neutralize that 
And if you're the Cowboys, you also you're looking at that versus Giants film and you're saying, well, what went wrong when Daniel Jones went off? How did we get stuck on what block did we get stuck on? And then that way you can improve. So if the Jets try to deploy that, you have an answer for it. They would, I, if, if I'm the Jets, I would rather die in the running game than die throwing the ball. Absolutely. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, at least you're I'm not going to tee off on my quarterback. I, I'm not so, going to let you yeah. tee off my quarterback. This is the only one I've really got left. Yep. You know, I'm not going to let you, the one strength the Cowboys has is cover and rush. Right. The, the one thing that's they're still trying to prove is they can shut people down from running the football. Which and Mike McCarthy is, talked about that this morning in his press conference. He yeah. said, we better be comfortable with that, yeah. stopping the run and doing it over and over and yeah. over again right. because every team that they play right. is probably going to come in with the same game plan, run the ball. Yeah, and you, this is a perfect game to, to use the scoreboard as the 11th defender. Right, because if the Jets are going to run, 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 okay, well, be it defensive touchdown and or special teams touchdown and or the offense getting yeah. off to a fast start and finding pay dirt. If you start to run up the score a little bit and it becomes a two possession game, you take them out of it. Take, there you go. Yeah. Now they can't run the ball. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back, and I got more questions for these guys on the matchup Cowboys defense versus Jets offense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to the break. 
Head to the Pro Shop at Arlington Parks Mall in Arlington, Texas on Saturday, September 23rd between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. for Cowboys Collections on Tour. See rare team archives, customized headwear, and uh, grab a gift with a purchase and enter for a chance to win a giveaway. Stay tuned for more tour stops coming throughout the season. Probably should have read that before I read that. How about that? But go <laughs> go see that. That's a tour. That's the archive stuff, right? Yeah, it's part of the tour. That's yeah, great. That's yeah. yeah that's go really check cool. that out. That's really cool. cool. All right, here we go. Final segment of the break. Let's talk Cowboys uh, defense versus Jets offense. Uh, give me an assessment on Mozzie Smith this last game. You mentioned him in the last segment, Brian. How did you think he played this last game in whatever snaps he, uh, he actually got? You know what? I thought Mozzie Smith was better than what he'd shown in the preseason. And I, I feel like that there's there's he's starting to understand what his responsibility is. He understands that he's not playing against uh, uh, Purdue or Indiana or Michigan State over there. He's playing in NFL games. And if you don't play with quickness and you don't get off the ball, uh, then you're going to get blocked. These, these linemen are good enough to be able to hook you, uh, to turn you. Uh, they'll play with leverage. Uh, you know, but he he's starting to understand. There are times where, when he is in, when he has problems, he doesn't get off the ball quick enough. You see everybody else go, yeah. and especially it was apparent it, in one place specifically. Yeah, well, it, it was yeah, it, 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 but it was better than what it like. There were plays in the preseason where it was down after down after down, mm-hmm. where you're watching, and it's it's especially. It's especially noticeable when you play next to Osa, who is like standing in their backfield by the time you're going to come off the ball there. So um, he's got to realize movement and initial quickness is more important to him than power. And the minute he figures out that when he gets off the ball, teams will have trouble blocking him because of his size and power. But he's he's it, it, it was better. It was better, and I'm not shilling for the kid or shilling for the for the the scouting department. But you can honestly see there was a little bit better getting off the ball. Is that was shilling? Shilling? What, what, yeah. what are you saying? Like a shield? Well, no, just no, kind of like, like, just like be covering. A cover, I'm no, covering right. for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm covering for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So like a shield. You're shielding. I'm covering okay. for him. Yeah. Okay. I just yeah. I, I didn't know what you were saying, but got it. Thank you. <laughs> that, Sorry. Let's, so proceed. So, so I guess from that standpoint, and you mentioned in that last segment, I think that we did see during training camp there were times when the Cowboys did use both Mozzie yeah. and yes. and Hankins together. And I know what you're saying, like it doesn't solve everything putting it doesn't, them out it there together. Yeah. It does make me wonder though if if we might see that more from the standpoint of as you said before, one of the big issues there in the first in that first drive was the linebackers were getting offensive linemen in their yeah. laps. They couldn't get off the blocks. If you've got those two guys up front, does that also now Make them tie up those offensive linemen to where those linebackers can flow to the ball if they are deciding to go to the outside. Yeah, but the thing about it is, those two guys in front have to hold those. Those. I mean, you, you, to, to me, if you stand there and just take a block, take a block, and guys will realize like, okay, we're in position, and then they'll, they'll just go ahead and hit and then go. You know, they'll just like, yeah. and it's not like a hand check or something like that, but you just go hip to hip and then bounce it and then go. Knowing that, okay, this guy's not going to do anything. Like if you try and double team, like say, like Osa, he's going to find a way to attack the. He's going to attack a shoulder, or he's going to get through by the time you get, or make it difficult for you to double team. These bigger guys, they kind of stand up and take on, but then people realize, like, okay, they're not going to do anything other than just stand there, and then we'll take the guard and go ahead and go up. Yeah. You know, so you have to be, you, you, you know, just if you're gonna if you're gonna take on double teams, make sure your 
on you're pushing to get on the other side of the line of scrimmage because if you just stand straight up, you know, the ball's still going to probably go to the outside. Right. You know, those linebackers are still going to run, you know, to try and get to the ball. So to me, it's it's more about yeah, take on blocks, but take on blocks on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Don't take on blocks two yards on your side of the line of scrimmage. When you look at the uh, the tight ends from last week, um, we all talked about yesterday. They had some some issues there catching the ball. What did you evaluate from the standpoint of their ability to block? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I mean, in you know, in the post Jason Witten and now post Dalton Schultz era, the question was with these young guys, not could they make plays. We saw them make plays with the ball as uh, pass catchers last year. The question was, can they upgrade the blocking? Uh, Hendershot, as an undrafted guy, he came in, wasn't the best blocker uh, in college, but he started to make some strides, and you see that in the game like on Sunday against the Giants. Jake Ferguson was a better blocker last year, especially coming out of school, um, but he even upgraded over here. So while we can rightfully say we we need those guys to start catching the ball. And Jake Ferguson didn't log any drops last year. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to go Millie Vanilli and blame it on the rain for Jake Ferguson. Hendershot has dropped some balls. So, you know, he needs to show consistency in his pass catching. But when it comes to blocking, uh, I think it was just A plus from those two guys. That's a Grammy award winning group, by the way. That Millie, Millie Vanilli. Vanilli. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, can I, my turn to talk now? Okay. <laughs> Let me speak. I forgot I had a voice, but. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, everything that you just said, Patrick, is well said. You talk about Luke's schoolmaker, and you were trying to figure out, or we talked about his ability to mm -hmm. block. That was one of his uh, selling points yeah. for the draft. He got drafted for that. And because you had questions about can these tight ends block, and that was the one thing that you were still missing in that group and in the offense, especially when you talk about Injuries happening in the O-line, you need some extra help that can come in and block for you. So kudos to them. They've done a great job in, I believe, such a short amount of time. I thought it would take longer for us to start seeing that part of the game progress throughout the season. They were able to present that present that right away in week one. And to the point where you're not needing to force or hurry a guy like Luke Schoonmaker to get in the game to hopefully right. help you balance out the the game as far as like coming and help you with the blocking. So you're not needing to force that aspect now that these guys are showing the improvement in that area of the game. So that's really good for them. It'll be a challenge this week to block the guys that the the Jets have, though. The John Franklin Myers is a good player. We talked about Carl Lawson potentially playing in this game. They play that. I mentioned they play with that spacing with their the, what they call the wide nine you know, with the wide the wide guys. So it'll be a little bit more of a challenge for the the, the guys to to block because I feel like there's a little bit better quality of some of the some of the defensive ends. These guys play the run really really well. Is there any concern you guys have for the Dallas defense getting gashed in the run game because they are so eager to get after the quarterback, especially in a game like this where you know that quarterback does not do well with pressure? I think they've shown more more discipline in that in that area as far as knowing when to pin their ears back and when to drop gears and, and be able to drop back and say, okay, well, I off the snap, I'm on full go. 
but oh, recognize this is now a run play to the edge drop and then covering the flat. I think they've done an exceptional exceptional job over the past couple of years as they progress more and more in Dan Quinn's system and being able to go from top gear and dropping down a couple gears in real time. So I mean, when you talk about talent like Brees Hall, Delvin Cook, they're going to get their plays. The question is, can the Cowboys limit the number of those big plays that happen and bottle? cap the the size so you don't want an 80 plus yard from Brees Hall because that can be a game changer depending on the situation but I've seen those guys the Cowboys defense in real time especially guys like Sam Williams who last year had only one gear go eat but this year he's already making progress and improving his run defense and a part of that improvement is knowing when to recognize that hey I thought this was a a pass play pre-snap but I recognized in real time this is now a run and he'll drop down a couple gears so uh, kudos to those guys so I'm not as worried about it as I was in say 2021 or 2020 specifically well in the uh, second segment I think if I remember correctly, you mentioned something about Wilson averaging about nine, nine yards, yards per run. Yep. And Brian, you were talking, and you mentioned it too, uh, as far as like the Jets possibly taking last week's film and them looking specifically at that yep. first series and how the Giants were successful in that first, uh, in those first drives. Do you feel though, because you mentioned, Brian, how they would be protecting their quarterback, mm-hmm. but looking at Again, to the opposite of that, that the running game plus a mobile quarterback is kind of what is the weak link for this Cowboys defense. Do you feel that they would show some confidence or that a guy like Wilson would have some confidence to take off with the ball and try those? Sure. I mean, that's the thing that to me, especially if you're will, if they're if the Cowboys are so willing to get up the field, if you're willing to create, you know, lanes you know, rush lanes and stuff like that. If you're able to, you know, the, the twist games and stuff like that, maybe you get two guys that get blocked together and all of a sudden there's a lane to run. Yeah, absolutely. I could see Wilson just taking off and running with the ball. The biggest fear the Cowboys have is that teams will run the football on them. That's the biggest fear. Because what will happen is all that pass rush stuff that they do will not matter if teams can move the ball by just running the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and, and But they could also wear you down running the football. And all of a sudden, now you're not so uh, not so anxious to go and rush the passer because you're thinking, okay, here comes a run. And now you're playing like gear down, and yeah. you play gear down, and all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute, they go play action on us, and they hit us over the top, yeah. or they hit us with the tight end play, or they throw it to the back. You but know? knowing that you lost Rodgers and you're only starting week two, do you as a team go ahead and give him that liberty to – be free to run, or do you try to protect him a little bit more? They protect him when he throw when they throw the ball. They'll protect him with putting extra guys, tight ends in the game to to allow again by spacing to keep the rushers off him. But they'll also keep those guys in. They've kept tight ends in and kept a back in, and then just played with just two wide receivers running routes. You know, so that's kind of uh, to their game plan is they feel like the best chance they have of getting the ball out was to keep tight ends in and keep a back in and then just try and see if they could win one-on-one on the outside. So they're going to do everything they can not to let this rush affect him. But the way that they're going to do it is they're going to run the football. Absolutely. That's how they're going to do it. They're going to wear you down running the ball. They're going to make you play run defense in this game for yep. sure. All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. Back tomorrow, we will uh, wrap up everything, get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Jets. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio.
This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?